ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. All right, it's your Wednesday, September 29th edition. The Drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hearts health are made pure. The text line is now open as well. I'm going to fire that thing up. i got to log in, but that doesn't mean you can't start texting. 304-523-2275. We got a lot to get on Tuesday. We got Ari Agnes coming on the program here in the next few minutes. We're going to talk about upcoming matchup between Marshall and Middle Tennessee. I'm going to try to make her mad today on the program because I told her in jest, I said, you know, I don't like Middle Tennessee, right? And I'm going to try to fire her up today. I've I got a few ways to do this. Plus, I don't know if she's listening right now, so if she is, I'm telegraphing it, but Beach Volleyball was announced as a sponsored Sporting Conference USA. You know, that question is coming up. I don't know how she's going to take to that, but we're, we're going to find out, and this might be her last appearance. I don't know, but we'll, again, we'll find out together. So I'm looking forward to it, though. Ari's real fun to, to talk to. She's I think she's doing a great job with the volleyball team, and she's going to get that program where it needs to be. So I'm looking forward to catching up with her. Uh, as I mentioned, your phone calls, the text line is open again at 304-523-2275. reason I'm opening it up now is because we got a couple of things going on. First of all, Marshall's got soccer happening at Hoops Family Field. They're kicking off here or, or facing off or whatever you want to call it against the Butler Bulldogs. That is happening now, so if you're not there, uh, you stick with me. I'll have scoring updates. And I'm hoping it's not 0-0 going into overtime again. <laughs> They're killing me. They're killing me. I was watching that Kentucky match. It's like, please, somebody. Somebody in green, please. Well, you, I, score. It's it's tough. That's why I like hockey. You know, you go into uh, overtime, sudden death, and if you don't score, then you go to a shootout. Much, much nicer. It's cleaner, too. You get a winner. You get a loser. Everybody gets points if you get to the shootout. So uh, not everybody goes home really happy, but at least you get a point. So that's happening. Hopefully Marshall can take care of business against the Butler Bulldogs. That's going on now. It's the uh, final contest of four straight home matches, and then the herd goes back on the road. The other thing I want to talk to you about today, and and that's why I'm really excited to get your text, is because the – West Virginia Power has been teasing it for several weeks now. And we had an idea what it would be because a few really clever individuals got on some websites and found some trademarks. And Tom Bragg, my friend included over at Herd 247, was among the the people that tweeted that out. And we're like, no, that can't be it. Oh, it's it is. The Charleston Dirty Birds. It's basically the canary in the coal mine. I mean, they even alluded to it. It's the canary in the coal mine. That's the new logo. I mean, the logo is pretty snazzy. I'll give them credit. It's a really sharp logo. The Charleston Dirty Birds. It goes back from being the West Virginia Power, because really was that a, a team that all of West Virginia identified with? 
I mean, I know what the idea was. You didn't want to just be, this is Charleston's baseball team. You wanted to kind of have this be a team that a lot of people outside of the Canal Valley, outside of Charleston, can come and be a part of, the West Virginia Power. And it goes back to being the Charleston named team, but it's the Dirty Birds, which the video, including uh, the introduction, he's talking about the, the canaries in the coal mine. I mean, and they got dirty doing their job. Yeah, their job was to die. So that's my angle coming from this. Their job, the canary in the coal mine, its job was to die as like a, a warning system. Like, oh, this bird is dead. This means we're in trouble. We need to get the heck out of here. And that's now the logo. Now, if you like it, I'm kind of curious uh, what your thoughts are on this. So I'm going to get your text, 304-523-2275. Are you down with the Dirty Birds as the new official name of Charleston's professional baseball team? Or is it a big meh for you? That's an option. I'll throw that out there. Are you are you excited with the branding or is it a big meh? Like, not not impressed, not a factor in my day. I didn't mind West Virginia Power. I actually like Charleston Charlies. I think I like the Charlies the best. I did not like the Charleston Alley Cats. Not a big fan of that one. But the Charlies, I thought, was uh, really a cool name. Uh, the Wheelers, I could I could leave it. I could take it or leave it. It's, it's okay. But now we've got the Charleston Dirty Birds. Because minor league sports... You got to come up with like the unique name. Baseball and hockey are the two sports you got to come up with the, the the names, the interesting names there. And there are so many good ones and there's so many bad ones. I mean, I was a fan of the Manitoba Moose because it was the Manitoba Moose. I had a hockey hat years ago. Someone got me from a game. Manitoba Moose hat. I, I would just wear that everywhere. Blizzard games and every every place I, I could. I might still have it. I'll have to look. But the Manitoba Moose was my team. So if you're looking... I mean, I liked the Orlando Solar Bears, too. That was not a bad name. The Solar Bears were pretty cool. So maybe I'll warm up to Charleston Dirty Birds. Maybe I won't. I don't know. And maybe you're indifferent to it. Or maybe you're excited for it. That's where I'm trying to gauge the the interest here. Do you think this is a, a cool name? Nah, neither way. Or are you like, come on, it's the it's the canary in the coal mine here. Where are you at on that? 304-523-2275. I will say this, though. At least it gives Charleston identity back. It's Charleston's baseball team. And I get it as a, a baseball team. You're trying to attract as many people as you possibly can. And so the idea was to brand it. It could be the West Virginia Power. And that way, it's West Virginia's team. It means it's Huntington's team also. It's Charleston's team. It's Putnam County's team. It's West Virginia's team. It's West Virginia's high A baseball affiliate. And now it's not that anymore. And it's more specific. If you're in Charleston, you're probably like, okay, hey, it should be Charleston. It's our team. It's a Charleston team. And I'm cool with that. I, I never was a fan of, you know, remember we had, um, what was it, the, what were they, the River City Rumblers when they tried to do, uh, you know, this sort of baseball, uh, not at this level, however. It was the River City Rumblers years ago. 
And every time you come up with a team that has Tri-State in the name, I, I, I refuse to support that. Anything that has Tri-State as its name, sports-wise. I mean, if you're a business, hey, like, we're Tri-State Plumbing. I don't know if that's a real business. We're, we're Tri-State Plumbing. Okay, I'm cool with that. I get that. That's cool. I'm, I'm down with that. You're saying, hey, we serve a three-state yeah, area here. I'm, I'm good with that. But sports teams, I don't know if you name something after a region so generic and nondescript like Tri-State. There are so many Tri-States across the country. So I think those endeavors fail. Almost like almost every professional sport in Huntington has over the last, I don't know, span of my life. Professional sports have failed for one reason or another. At least uh, at least hockey, I think. Uh, baseball for a while worked until you, know, you realized you need money for that to actually have a, a proper facility. And hockey worked for a while, but again, I think mismanagement killed that. But at least you didn't have... Um, yeah, they were the Huntington Cubs, not the Tri-State Cubs. That wouldn't have worked for me. It was the Huntington Blizzard, not the Tri-State Blizzard. I mean, people were coming from the Canal Valley to watch this. It didn't matter that it was named Huntington. Like, you know, what does what does West Virginia Power do for the ticket sales? I mean, am I going to say, no, I'm not going to go to a Charleston Dirty Birds game because the name is Charleston? So I like that part of it. I just don't know if I'm down with Dirty Birds Maybe it'll grow on me. I don't know. Um, I'll give them credit though. the The logo's the logo's cool. I will say that the logo is cool. Just don't know if the connotation. Because I, I see that I'm thinking it's a bird that it's it's a canary in a, in a coal mine, and that's not a good representation of anything. That's just me. Your thoughts three zero four five two three two two seven five. Ari Agnes joins us on the other side of the break. We're going to talk with her about the upcoming match with Middle Tennessee. Also, uh, she doesn't know this yet. Uh, we're talking beach volleyball, a new sport in Conference USA. And uh, I'm going to hit her up with a couple other things uh, she's probably not expecting. So that's all coming up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Want to welcome to the program now, maybe for the final time, I don't know how after today's questions. Um, she's not expecting some of these, um, so just be prepared. This might be the final appearance of Ari Agnes, head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team, who now joins us on the program. Um, are you worried, coach? I'm never worried. Why would I be worried? I don't know. I'm, I, I have a like a, a sheet here of stuff I'm talking to you about today. I, I actually put a lot of prep and energy into this. I'm going to throw some things well, at I'm you. I'm ready. Okay. Um, first of all, I want to I want an honest answer why yesterday when Conference USA announced beach volleyball that Marshall was not a part of that announcement. To be fair, we don't have it. So it's it's not that all of the schools are going to have it. It's that like Conference USA is just going to affiliate a conference for beach volleyball. So there's already schools that have it like FIU, FAU, Southern Miss, uh, UAB. So then a couple of other schools will be joining them within the conference. 
to make a beach conference. Okay. And so are there plans as we speak to, to get the sand ready to be a part of this? I do not believe so. Are you pushing for it, Coach? I'm just, I'm... Um, you know, I think, I think we always want to grow the game, so whatever that looks like. Um, but it's just such – it's its own sport that, for me, indoor is just kind of where my heart's at. Okay, fair. Uh, that's fair. That's a fair answer. It. Yeah. Um, I already made plans yesterday. I was thinking over at the uh, the boat ramps uh, down at Harris Riverfront Park. Um, the Ducks would really enjoy it, I think, if we just clear some area out here and you could have beach volleyball down there on the sandy shores of the Ohio with the Ducks. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 got, I got ideas, Coach. I got ideas. Okay. You know, if it gets to that point, we'll be sure to call you. I'm you sure. We'll just, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that phone call is coming <laughs> real soon here. Uh, how you been? Uh, it's been a while since we had you. I know you've been pretty busy um, doing that volleyball thing, but, uh, you know, how things going, Coach? Yeah, things are good. You know, it's it, looking at our record, things are a bit tough, but but we are on the up and up, and we are making some really cool strides. And we we scheduled super tough this fall for on on purpose. Um, you know, so it's it's been a tough ride, but it's been a a journey that I think will end up paying off in the end. You know, so you know, it, it's really not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And and the girls are are staying true and stay, sticking to the program, and, and that's all we can really ask for. So it's been fun. It's you know, losing is never fun, but I think that um, when you give it your all and and you're just kind of falling up short, then sometimes you've just got to try to take those and learn from them. So it's been good. It has been very good. You mentioned a record four and eleven, zero and two in conference. You ran into a, a really tough Western Kentucky team. Uh, they were ranked when you faced them. Uh, they're oh, yeah. they're pretty good. Um, and you're facing off against a Middle Tennessee team that uh, I'm trying to gauge right now because they've had some matches canceled, so they've only had eight matches. Yeah. They're two and zero in conference, but with only eight ma- matches, a little maybe smaller sample size. Um, what can you tell us about them? You know, they're going to be good. They're going to be super tough and aggressive. They play with a lot of energy um, and a lot of passion. So it, it's going to be a really tough game. They we split with them last year. Um, and I just, and they return, you know, just about everybody and add some new pieces, same as us. So it's going to be a fun game. It's always a high intensity kind of match. I think that it gets scrappy on both ends, um, but, but they're going to be pretty solid. They've got, you know, a couple of pieces that we're not used to having to see. So we've been trying to, to emulate that in practice, which has been really cool to see. So we're, we're ready, but it should be a really fun match. It yeah. really should. Yeah, they also uh, had a um, a player uh, named Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, you know, I'm sure they have more than just her, but Marley Banton uh, was uh, the player uh, honored, and uh, I'm sure she's one that you've got your eye on as well as uh, everyone else <laughs> on that squad. Yeah, yep, she's really good. She's all over the place. Nothing, you know, hits the ground without without her body coming pretty close after that. So. She's, she's scrappy, gets after everything, and, and it's just somebody we're going to have to try to keep the ball away from. On your side of things, um, Sarah Shank, 14th member of um, the Herds 1000 Digs Club. I, I don't know if you get a, a I don't know if you get a jacket or a, a pendant or something <laughs> for being in the Digs Club, but uh, you know only 14 Herd players can claim that, and uh, she uh, hit that milestone in the third set of the uh, Western Kentucky game on Saturday. Um, was she even aware of it before it happened, or did you have to tell her, or did someone have to tell her? No, you know, I think that she she keeps pretty good track of where she's at because she sets a really high standard for herself. Um, so it's, I think that she probably had an idea she was close 
Um, but then finding out it's a huge deal. It's, it's such an awesome accolade and it just says so much about her and all those that have come before her that have, that have also gotten that it's, it's a really, really big deal. Um, and so we're just excited that, that she's on our side of the net defending the ball for us. You look at her stats, uh, so far, uh, this season, 299 digs, which is, uh, leading the team. Uh, second closest is Sierra DeBell with 176. Is it, yeah. Is it more of what Sarah's able to do? Is it partly because of her position back there or a combination of both? Sure. You know, she's just that naturally gifted and that's just, that's her skill set. Um, you know, she's kind of got all of the skills. She, she was an outside for us my first year and um, is now the libero. And, and just by being in the back row, she's obviously going to have more opportunity to get more gigs. Um, but she, she reads the court really, really well. You know, I, I think some, people have to be in a position and try to react. And she's just really gifted in the sense that she can be somewhere, see something and still move fast enough to go get it. And she just throws her body all over the floor and, and is able to put it in front of the ball at all times and just try to stop anything. Whoever we're playing is doing. She's, she's frustrating for a lot of teams. You know, I think after playing teams in, in um, preseason, a lot of it has been like, they just, they love the libero because she's just all over the place, makes really good digs and makes the digs that, you kind of assume aren't we aren't going to get up, and, and she just pops them up somehow. It makes it look really effortless. <laughs> yeah, she's getting a lot of them. 299, as I mentioned, Sierra DeBell's got 176, and then Sydney Lestomo, 137. And after that, it's um, you got a few players that are close to the um, sure. the triple-digit mark, but uh, Sarah's just beyond everybody right now. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's good. She's really good, really fun to watch, a really, you know, good leader in this sense of just she just kind of leads by example, just does it, and and you'll watch her sometimes. And I there are there are moments that I'm like, I have, I have no idea how she does that. She just she manages to do stuff that, that just kind of comes out of left field. Speaking of um, some of your standouts right now, um, I mentioned Sierra DeBell also um, leading the team. Uh, she's... Um, what are you going to do without her when uh, she's not there? I know you guys, I mean, you look at the stat sheet and it's just, you know, she's all over the place. And, and I mean that in a good way with, uh, you know, yeah. she, she leads and kills. Uh, she's second in digs and she's just uh, like a rock for you. Um, you know, what kind of leadership is she giving you just by performance and example alone? You know, I think that's just it. I think it is. She's, she's not a big, um, talker if, if that makes sense when you think of leaders you know that's more of Sydney Lostmo for us um and and Sierra is more just like she shows up does her job and and has a good time doing it so it's it's a cool leadership because I think people look to her because she just is so good um and and can do some things has a lot of tools in her toolbox that she's able to use um so she's gonna be a big piece miss but we're gonna hang on to her so long as we've got her and and hopefully make a really long stretch uh here in the conference so She's she's a huge part of us. She's a huge part of our success and every piece of our of our game here. And and she's just a great kid as well. Um, puts in a lot of hard work. Volleyball is her life, and I love that about her. Um, and and she's just she's going to be severely missed. But we're just going to make a long long run so that we don't have to we don't have to say goodbye too soon. Ari Agnes is with me, head coach of the Marshall volleyball team. The Thundering Herd will face off against Middle Tennessee. It's Friday and Saturday. It's home for you, so that's good. And I don't know if you knew this. You probably did. What am I talking about? You knew this. 
Nine and two record against Middle Tennessee as a, a program, including a five and zero market home. So you want to make that at least uh, go a little further this weekend. We would love that. Yeah, since I've been here, we've not played Middle at home, so it's been it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be exciting, and and we are so ready to be back home. Um, we've been gone, you know, the past what four, four weekends, so it's. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of travel. It's been a lot of, you know, stress and just not being in front of your crowd, not being in your own bed at night or in, in the cam. And, and we are we are just very, very ready to be at home and hopefully put on a really good show. Was it Miami? Was that the last home, if I'm looking at this right? That sound right? We play, Yeah, Miami of Ohio. We, we had our home tournament against Alabama, Austin Peay, and Miami of Ohio. So that was the last time we were home was opening weekend. Yeah, I was looking at the schedule. It's just, um, you know, you're all over the place. Um, with, uh, you know, you're taking on Moorhead State, which um, thankfully my schedule allowed me to watch that. Uh, I was, uh, I was, I was quite happy that I was like, okay, I, I can do the split screen here. I can watch a little herd soccer on one device, and I can watch a little herd volleyball on another. And so um, that was, um, that was fun for me. And thankfully, you're back home, so we. <laughs> For the herd fans that can't get there, uh, you can stream these again. So uh, that's definitely, yeah. yeah, that's definitely a blessing. But uh, we want herd fans to show up Friday and Saturday. I know Fridays and Saturdays are tough for a lot of people, but we can get it done. I mean, soccer showed yeah. it; we can get it done. We can get it done, and we need it. All of the support will help. Um, playing at Middle is is really hard. They've got a great fan base. They've got a great kind of culture in there, and we would love to make it just as tough for them to come here and play. Ari Agnes, my guest, head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team. All right, just so to be fair, uh, you know, I've highlighted a few people, you know, Sydney, of course, and uh, Sarah Shank. Got to talk about her, and you got to talk about Destiny Leon, and you got to talk about Sierra DeBell, and, and you look at, you know, what they've done in uh, certain areas. Where am I not looking, and where should I be right now? If I, if I look at your roster, who's the individual I'm not talking about, and I should be, and why? You know, all of them. Um, <laughs> Coach answer. Coach think, answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that right now, you know, we've we've been in a little bit of not really finding the groove. So I think on the stat line, there's exactly what you're seeing is, is, is the truth. Um, I think that Lydia Montag will kind of come alive this weekend. She's, we've fixed some things with her approach, changed up kind of how she's swinging at the ball. Um, and I think that she's just a little bit more, exciting to watch she hits the she hits the ball jumps really really high so I think she will be a lot of fun Macy McElhaney again it's you know when you play really tough teams they they hunker down on on our great players and and they've done a phenomenal job and I think that those two are are just now starting to kind of come into their own to be really big successes for us um but the beautiful thing is we've got so many we're able to kind of spread the ball and, and not need to necessarily lean on one person beyond Sierra. We're always going to kind of lean there. So, but the whole team, you know, I think that that's, that's what makes us special is that there is some depth and there are some different pieces that it's not, it might not show up in the stat line, but, but it's definitely there. See, I told you, I, I, I've been prepping all day here. Yeah, I did not just decide just you know to to show up and, and let's see how I can go. I've I've got the beach stuff. I got your stat sheet. I got the roster. I got everything here. I I, I love it. Yeah, I got everything because I was gonna I was determined today here to to make it tough on you only because of this beach volleyball thing here, um, sure. which is uh, how just not to go too far off uh, reservation here, but how 
different is it really? Uh, I know, you know, indoor, beach, obviously, you got different playing surfaces. Uh, sure. But, you know, the Olympics is really only time that we see it on a grand scale of beach volleyball. And so, you know, it seems to always get that pop during that time. But it's the same sport, but it's completely different. Yeah, even how you can handle the ball is a lot different um, and, and the strategy and how you maneuver it. You've only got two people, so you've got to be able to both defend and play front row, which in indoor you've got people that can only do one or the other. Um, so it's, it's definitely a more – you have to be a more well-rounded player to be successful. You can't just be super big and go hit the ball because you've got to be able to transition really quick um, in the sand. And so I think that – you know, in theory, it's, it's the same because it's the same ball and there's a net and the court size and all that good stuff. But I think what's interesting about the difference of it is is that the court's smaller because you've got two people. Then you've got, um, you know, different handball movements that you can use and different rules and stuff. So it's it's definitely a different strategic plan that you've got to play with beach. But but it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. And hopefully with Conference USA adapting it, you know, hopefully there are more schools and, and different things that go at it. But again, I, I just so much think it's, it's just, it's, it's its own sport. Um, so I think that it's, it's great. And as long as people keep playing it, you know, I think it's, it's a lot of fun for sure. Does that translate anything for what you're trying to do with the indoor game? Uh, I mean, do people see that, get excited and then discover volleyball and work their way to um, the grander indoor game, or is it just completely two different yeah. mindsets? No, I, I think it's, it's about the same. And I think those that have been super successful on the beach have been really successful indoor players as well. Um, but I think that, I think it's just, it's, you know, do you want to be outside or, or inside? Do you want to dive on the sand or dive on a court? So um, I think that they're one and the same, and I think they attract the same players. Um, but it's just the player that probably plays all the way around or has, you know, just a big high volleyball IQ um, to be able to spread the ball and see open court a lot more while you're playing beach. All right, Agnes, always uh, fun to have on the program, even when I'm <laughs> trying to be tough on her just a little bit here. Um, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Well, I, you know, I have to. I have to be because, I, you know, I figure you 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 expect a certain level out of this interview every time. <laughs> out of me. Correct. Out of me. I have to do my homework. <laughs> I have to be prepared here and uh, – uh, it's going to be fun. Get you back home finally and uh, see some yeah. herd volleyball. That's um, I think that's the most exciting thing is we get you back now uh, and hopefully uh, the fans will uh, show up and respond. Awesome. Thank you so much. Coach, good talking to you. We'll do it again soon. Okay. Ari Agnes, head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team, the Thundering Herd in action Friday and Saturday at the Cam Henderson Center taking on the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Uh, we will – uh, clean up uh, some leftovers from yesterday. I've got a few Coach Huff comments. Just a few. We'll get to those when we continue. We'll get your text in. 304-523-2275. Are you down with the Charleston Dirty Birds as a name? Also, you know, what are your thoughts uh, on the upcoming matchup between Marshall and Middle Tennessee? Uh, we'll hear from Coach Huff when we continue, and we'll get your phone calls in as well on the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We've got some leftover Charles Huff from yesterday. You don't get all of it. You get some of it, but you don't get all of it. I can't reheat it all up in the microwave and make it fresh again. 
But there are a couple things I want to get to. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. Also, we uh, have opened up the text line for you. It's real simple. You want to be a part of it. It's 304-523-2275. That's the number to be a part of today's show on the text line. Of course, the phone line is 877-420-TALK. One of the things that we didn't get to yesterday with Coach Huff from his presser yesterday uh, was uh, Rasheen Ali. First of all, what's Rasheen doing that's so spectacular? He He found the end zone twice against the Mountaineers. Became the first Marshall player to score a rushing touchdown and return a kickoff for a touchdown the same game in the past 25 years. It was good. The fake out got the TV guy. The cameraman, just he got faked as well. And so, fake reverse on a 97-yard kick return for a score in the second quarter. Third, he found the end zone on an 8-yard run. He's tied as the FBS leader in touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns. He's got eight through four games and ten total touchdowns on the season. You look at his numbers, 63 attempts, 376 yards, eight touchdowns, six yards per carry, 12 receptions, 73 yards, one touchdown. And Coach was asked about that kickoff return. It was on Center. I was watching the game on ESPN, and afterwards – after all the uh, post was over, you saw, if you're watching the game, you, you saw Scott Van Pelt talk about it, best thing he saw, and, and made that list. He was excited about it, made fun of the cameraman as well, as we're all going to make fun of the cameraman for missing that. And Coach was just asked about, hey, what what does that do for the team? What's that mean for the team? You see that as an exciting play. You know What what does all that mean? And, and Coach... I mean, he was pretty matter-of-fact about it. I mean, almost felt like that's kind of what we expect. And he outlined it a little bit as far as what that kickoff return meant for the team. Uh, well, I, I, I've i seen the ESPN deal, but we didn't look at the ESPN deal. We kind of go back to, and I know it sounds very coachish or cliche, when everybody does their job, we're a really good football team. And, and that's kind of what it comes down to. When everyone executes – And no one on that play, you know, made seven blocks or, you know, jumped over eight people. Everybody did their job, just like we did on Monday and Wednesday and Thursday. And on the sideline before we ran it, everyone did their job. And when we do that, we execute. Um, And and that's kind of what we went back to. And then we went back and looked at three or four other plays on special teams where one guy doesn't do his job, doesn't allow us to have success. Or two guys don't do their job, don't, you know, you're not allowed to have, you know, we don't have success. Now, there's a difference between doing your job and playing an opponent. Well, they're a good team, too. So there's going to be some plays where everyone does their job, everyone's in the right area, and one of their guys makes a play. That happens. That's football. But when you look at the film, if everybody is doing their job, everybody is executing at a high level, we have a really good chance to be successful because we have a really good football team. And we point out more of the opportunities where we didn't do A, B, or C. Instead of, well, you know what? This was a great play. This guy just made a great play. That happens. 
uh, we can live with those. The ones that we can't live with is where we practice all week and then we don't take advantage of the opportunity. So he's expecting that because when the team does what it's supposed to do, things like that are going to happen. That's kind of my impression from him, that if this team does what it's it's supposed to do, it's a really good team. And so things like that are going to happen. Another question that uh, Coach tackled yesterday, Xavier Gaines. I mean, we're seeing more of Xavier out there. You look at his numbers, 14 receptions, 238 yards. He's got a touchdown to one of the team leaders. He's second in uh, yards with the receivers. Uh, Corey Gamage has got 365. Corey's also got 25 receptions, so Corey's been really uh, taking advantage of his opportunities. But Xavier Gaines... He's been taking care of the ball and taking advantage of when he gets the ball. And that was one of the questions about just the opportunities he's getting, what he's been doing with it, taking the most uh, of those opportunities. So Coach talked about him and what he can do and, and those opportunities that he's getting. Yeah, I think, one, I think Xavier Gaines is is phenomenal athlete. You know, he creates a lot of um, mismatches for defenses because he is big enough um, to block in the run game. Is he a left tackle blocking? No. Um, is he physical enough? Does he try enough to be um, effective? Yes. Um, and he has the athletic ability to stretch the field. And in our system, uh, we try to stretch the field horizontally and vertically. And when you do that, the tight end is important to that. Um, because obviously part of stretching the field is you got to be able to stretch the middle to underneath coverage. Um, and he's done a really good job of doing that. Um, I think now what's starting to happen is with his consistent work and practice habits, he's able to see the result on the field. Um, and that's pretty much with any other player on offense. I can't necessarily get in the huddle and say, hey, Cramsey, get the ball to Xavier Gaines. It's not how it works. Uh, we run our offense. And then based on how the defense reacts, um, our quarterback, Grant, has done a really good job of letting the ball get to the people it's supposed to. He's not trying to force the ball to – you know, a receiver. He's not saying, man, I got to get a ball to Corey or I got to get a ball to Shadid. He's letting the offensive system run. And that's one of the things we worked on in the spring and the summer. Um, And he's done a really good job of that. And Xavier Gaines is just one of the many players who's been able to benefit from it. And finally, cleaning up uh, some things we left over yesterday. Field goals, that's a thing for Marshall right now. You're trying to get that cleaned up. You're trying to find the best kicker for the job. And Coach was asked about switching to kicker Shane Chushi. And let's uh, let's hear what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, first of all, both of those guys are, are tremendous athletes and kickers. The consistency is what we need. Um, and... One, in order to have consistency or in order to have competition, you got to give both guys a chance. Um, and I just felt moving into the week um, that Sanders had had an opportunity for a couple weeks, uh, wasn't as consistent as we liked. Um, Coochie had a better week in practice, um, gave him an opportunity. Um, he's got to be a little more consistent. Offensively, we got to be a little more consistent so he doesn't have to kick field goals. It's, it's a tough deal. Um, it, it, I'm not a kicker, but everyone thinks the kicker is supposed to make every kick. That's just the, the limelight you live in. Um, the reality of it is if you score touchdowns, then no one knows if he would have missed or made the field goal. Um, but 
like I told the team, it's the kicker's role, field goal unit's role, to make the field goals when we send them out there because we try to send them out there in their range. Offensively, we've got to make sure we do a better job in the red zone so that we don't have to rely on a field goal. Defensively, whether we kick field goals, score touchdowns, we got to keep people from scoring points. Everybody's got a role. Um, and no one can say, oh, it's Coochie's fault or it's Sanders' fault or it's the offense's fault or it's the defense's fault. Um, that's the one thing that I've been ultra proud of of this team. Um, there, there has been no finger pointing. You know, there's been no, well, you could have, you should have, you didn't. Um, it's been, hey, he didn't, we can. He didn't, we should have. Um, and I think collectively that's going to help us down the road, if that makes sense. There you have it. You got the, all of that wrapped up now, so uh, we have taken care of Coach Huff from yesterday. We'll move on to players tomorrow. We've got, of course, a couple more days until the game itself on Saturday. We're going to be broadcasting live at Roosters to talk about this one, Marshall and Middle Tennessee, coming up on Saturday, October 2nd. We'll have it for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. When we continue, we are going to wrap up at least this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Coming up on Saturday, Marshall faces off against Middle Tennessee. We'll have that game broadcast for you. They're going to kick off at 7 o'clock in Tennessee. We're going to go on the air three hours early. I'll be at Roosters. It's going to be fun. If you can't watch the game, of course, you can head on down to Roosters. They'll have all the TVs to the game and other games as well, so you can make a night of it. And, of course, if you can't get the Roosters, you obviously have the best place to, to catch the game. It's right here on the radio. We'll also have it on our sister station, 93.7 The Dog. Thundering Herd. I'm um, I'm hoping the Thundering Herd can buck the trend here because uh, you look at the series history, it's a early, um, it's a young series. 6-4, Marshall leads. Uh, two of those victories came in 92 and 94, but since joining Conference USA, uh, Middle Tennessee is 4-4 four and four against the Thundering Herd, and that's back in 2013. So three of the four encounters in Murfreesboro, won by Middle Tennessee. Marshall's won once down there. So will it be one of those games where the Thundering Herd will win on the road, get a rare road victory against Middle Tennessee, or will uh, Middle Tennessee uh, fall to the Herd? And, uh, and that'll be a... Only the second victory down there for the Herd. So, again, young series, 6-4 in favor of the Herd. Two of those coming in the 1-AA days, and ever since joining Conference USA, it is split down the middle uh, with uh, Middle getting actually a victory uh, in uh, Huntington as well back in 2018. So this one's a fun series. I, I like this series. If Marshall should ever part this conference, uh, this will be one of those uh, series that you know I might miss. But at the same time, you know, what's Conference USA doing right now to maybe be proactive in all of this speculation and possible league alignment? You know, you've got American trying to poach the Mountain West right now. Air Force is, is thrown up there as a name that could possibly go. And Boise's not going anywhere. Boise's going to wait for the Big 12. 
if that opportunity is available, Boise is going to go to the Big 12. And, and really, if you're Air Force, do you go into the American? Does that make sense for you? If you're uh, any of those teams in the Mountain West, do you make that trip to the American? Maybe the geography doesn't work for you. you know, maybe the Mountain West should be a little bit proactive. And you know, would the Mountain West try to poach the American for a team or two? I, I don't know if you do that. Or would the Mountain West maybe try to poach Sunbelt or Conference USA? Because UTSA is sitting out there. Yeah, we all pretty much know that if the American comes out with teams that uh, it's inviting, it's going to be UAB. UAB is going to the American most likely. That would be a good move for UAB. That would be a good pickup for the American. But again, uh, the American basically is a a newfangled conference USA from many years ago. It's uh, it's just a it's a different variation of conference USA. So I like the Sun Belt. I think that might be a good place for Marshall. But does Conference USA just allow itself to be picked over, or does Conference USA finally find some leadership and maybe become aggressive? I mean, do you do you see if maybe you can add Liberty? Do you add Liberty? Does that help the conference? Adding Liberty does that save anything? You know, because you're going to probably lose a couple of teams, and. I don't know if you can just get rid of the Western teams if the conference even wants to do that. After all, the league offices are located in Texas. So kind of Texas-centric league. But if you're going to try to expand, add some teams, you look at some teams that maybe can add some value to the conference and that would make sense. I mean, Liberty wants in. They'll spend the money. Get Liberty in. Where else do you go? Or do you try to poach... The Sun Belt? I don't know. Do you try to poach the Sun Belt? Would that work? It didn't work once before. At the time, Conference USA was the best of the group of five. And then that status slowly but surely declined. And at the time, I said on this very program that Conference USA should try to be the best of the rest. It did not happen. And so here we are. And with all that said, we are out of time. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.